before I uh, make reference to my bag of leaves, um, question, gray or white? Gray or white? Bring that up because uh, this week I was, uh, I had to go get my license renewed, and so I went to the uh, Danville license branch, and this is just this really sweet gal, and we were kind of having fun on the whole thing, and then all of a sudden she pauses in like a moment of awkwardness on her part, and she says, uh, Mr. Helmer, your uh, driver's license says brown hair. Would you like gray or white? <laughs> and, uh, so what would you do? Gray or white? <laughs> well, I went with white. So... Straight out, all the way to the end of the row. We're going, going straight to the end. That has nothing to do with the sermon, um, other than the fact that I've had a few surprises this week, and, and another one has to do with, I thought it would be cool, here we are doing this sermon series called Fall into the Psalms, where uh, the idea of it's this time of the year with leaves falling into them and falling into the Psalms. So I thought, hey, this would be kind of fun just to help to... Further that imagery is I'll order a bunch of leaves. I didn't want to grab leaves from the yard or something because it'd just be messy all over the place with that. So I thought, you know, Amazon, I'll order some leaves. So I ordered some leaves and uh, I ordered like not 400, I ordered two packages, like 800 leaves. And uh, I thought that would be awesome and and that'll be great. And uh, well, it's not quite that bag, it's actually this bag. this is 800 leaves. Um, and personally, I ain't fallen into that. <laughs> okay? So, so uh, I'm just trying to have some fun this morning. I'm kind of done with my, almost done with my doctoral stuff, and I'm trying to figure out what life is like again on the side of the, that planet. But so uh, I can't fall into that leaves. Those are beautiful though, aren't they? But I'll tell you what, uh, someone had sent me a clip to a uh, husky uh, diving into leaves on YouTube. Uh, Watch this. Let's fall into psalms like this. (laughs) Boom! Okay, we're going to fall into them like the dog. All right? Open your Bibles to Psalm 8. If you're visiting with us, welcome. (laughs) Um, Psalm 8. I am uh, really, really excited about our text today. It's going to be full out, all on the table. Uh, God is great, and we're going to be able to dive into that. Well, we've been falling into the Psalms, and so far we've fallen into uh, Psalm 1. Faith settles it. Uh, transplanted by streams of living water, Psalm 1. Then Psalm 2, faith sees it. 
Faith sees that although transplanted by the stream of living water drawing from that, we live in a raging mad world, as Psalm 2 talks about. Psalm 1 plus Psalm 2 equals Psalm 3. Psalm 3, uh, I titled it uh, when we were going through it, Faith Wars. Faith wars in a raging mad world. And, and I don't mean like faith gets mad about it, but faith has gone to action. Faith moves. Faith goes forward. And we don't cower back, but we have the opportunity to put it out on the table and put it to action. And then we're in Psalm 5, Faith Prays. Faith Prays. It's, it, it's not prayer requests dumping on Santa Claus, God. It's a, he starts out the text, give ear, O Lord, give attention, O Lord. By the way, I think our text today, when we get there, you're going to see even more so why David approached the Lord the way that he did there. Oh, that you might give attention to me in this faith praise. And then last Sunday, Pastor Nick, Psalm 37, faith trust. Man, that was so good. Uh, Do not fret, starts out, fret not. Uh, fret is to be replaced with trusting in the Lord. Now, uh, these first five are going to be followed by three more here through the month of November. Uh, today is Psalm 8. Uh, faith declares, faith declares, the whole Psalm 8 is declaring who the Lord is. Next Sunday, Psalm 11, uh, faith beholds, behold is faith. And then uh, Thanksgiving Sunday, I'm going to be leading us in uh, Psalm 107, Faith gives thanks. Faith gives thanks. Um, these three Sundays, today and the next two, are critical to the last five. I say that because if you kind of come out of what we've been talking about, you know, faith settles it uh, by streams of living water. It lives in a raging mad world. Faith wars, faith prays, faith trusts. There, there's this potential thing that we can walk away from, kind of like faith is something that we put our effort into, and we do, we do, we do, we do. But it it becomes self-work. It becomes work of ourselves, generated from ourselves. And it's kind of like, listen, to put your faith to work, you just have to work harder. Like man up more, woman up more. Am I right? And as time goes on, it's like, goodness sakes, I'm like trying, dude. I'm like so trying, but I'm just like not getting there. And And listen, I totally am with you on that. And faith is not something that we drive from within ourselves on our own strength is what I'm talking about. And I think these three Sundays are going to help us see, uh, and today's a fantastic start to that, that listen, when you see who our God is, when you get caught up and lost in who our God is, when, when you declare the one of Psalm chapter 8, I want to tell you what we've been talking about just comes out of that. It just grows out of that. It flows out of that. And so we are just going to have a great big dose of a great big awesome God for these Sundays. Because all of the rest flows out of that. So it's not get better for Jesus. It's see him more. And declare who he is. And behold him. Because he is awesome with that. Well, today, Psalm chapter 8, if uh, trust you have your Bible open to there, Psalm chapter 8, 
Um, it's structured in the kind of the way the first verse like states that the last verse concludes it in between explains what's been started in verse one, kind of in your notes a little bit. We're going to bounce around here and there. We're going to kind of uh, have it stated in verse one. And then it's, we, we kind of look around then we look up, then we look around again. And then ultimately all of this is coming in looking at the Lord and declaring who the Lord is. So uh, with that said, let me read Psalm eight and we'll get started. Here we go, Psalm 8. To the choir master, Psalm of David, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, O Yahweh, O Jehovah Adonai, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Verse 2. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy, the avenger. When I look at your heavens, looking above, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, all the beasts of the fields, all the birds of the heavens, all the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Oh, Jehovah. Oh, Yahweh Adonai. How majestic is your name in all the earth. God, I just pray that you would show yourself big here right now in this time that we have together in this glorious psalm. That we would see you for who you are and it would just give us life. Maybe someone and some people have come here today and they're just at a place where they're just worn out. They're just tired. They're confused. They're frustrated. They're hurting. Maybe for the ones who've come in and they just, they just are feeling joyful and just have all of that in their heart right now. Oh God, I pray for all of us that we would be able to see the reality of who you are. Whether it's in a hurting place or whether it's in a really wonderful place. And we would declare you. precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, here we go, Psalm 8. It's written to the choir master. Uh, Psalm 8 is a song. Songs have rich imagery. They have picturesque words. In fact, in verse 2, we'll get there here in a little bit. There's kind of even some of that, I think, that shows itself. Uh, The song here of Psalm 8, this is not this kind of googly-eyed, quiet and sweet romance ballad love song that Romeo sang to Juliet. It's not one of those kinds of songs. I would put the setting to this. I actually think Psalm 8 would be more like a song of epicness, of grandness. It's that type of an idea here with with this song. So uh, Psalm 8, I don't think serenades as much as it just declares out with the feel of it. Well, let's get the sense of where it starts and where it goes. Uh, Verse 1 and verse 8 are like the bookends on it, and they encapsulate this psalm uh, wonderfully. We've already read it. Let me read it again. Verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And then the first part of that verse 
is repeated again in verse 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The who of the psalm, this is all about God. This is all about, in the Old Testament Hebrew, this would be about Jehovah, Yahweh, and Adonai. Both of those names are used at the beginning here. This is about God, O Lord, our Lord. What does it say about Yahweh, Adonai? Well, it says that his name is majestic. Do you see it? His name is majestic. It's really interesting with that. Uh, why his name? And, and, and by the way, where his name? It's talking about your name is majestic on the earth right? It's on the earth. It doesn't just say anywhere because in the next, uh, in the next uh, rest of the sentence, it's referring to the heavens, but his name is majestic on the earth. Majestic, by the way. That's a cool word. That's a big word. It means magnificent. It, it means grand. It means resplendent. I like this. It means palatial. I mean, King David knew palatial. He was a king. Like, I would think kings have palatial places, right? I mean, kings don't have wimpy, weeny places. Kings have palatial places, and yet here in it, he's using this idea that, that he understood palatial, and, and Yahweh, Adonai, is above palatial of anything that David knows. His name is majestic in all the earth. It's interesting. Why is it tying it to earth? I would suggest because names matter on the earth. Names matter on the earth. Um, Let me give you some names. Um, Names, titles. Emperor, king, president. You already have an impression, don't you? By just those words. Uh, CEO, president, vice president, manager, director, boss, employee, You get a sense on where all of those fit in the movement of them. Then we go into the military, corporal, major, master sergeant, captain, private, all of those. Just saying the word gives you a sense on what is going on with that. Go to sports, coach, veteran, rookie, MVP. Each one of those carry an implication to the name that is used. Go to academia, uh, principal, professor, teacher, student. Each of those do. Go into the home. Mom, dad, brother, sister, grandpa, grandma, a friend, BFF. I mean, they all carry a sense of in the names. Uh, Names matter here on earth. I I would suggest that names do not matter in the heavens. I don't know about you, but I haven't been out of this atmosphere. But if I was, I'm just going to imagine that the sun does not say, I'm a sun, neener, neener. You're just a planet. I mean, I don't think names matter in the heavens. and the, I don't think planets are going, well, I'm this planet and you're a moon. And I don't think the moons are going, I'm a moon and you're just a comet. That doesn't happen. Listen, names don't matter in the heavens. Why am I talking about this? Because scripture is so cool and God helps us understand. God is tying who he is to the particular area where, on which we reside. Names matter on earth. Whether it's a title or your own name, names matter. And know this, the name of the Lord is majestic in all the earth. And not just with people, but just with on the earth. I mean, take a look at the mountains and his name is majestic there. Take a look at the oceans and his name is majestic there. You know, sometimes we just think we're so awesome and we're just so cool. We're just so sexy for a shirt kind of thing. 
And it's just like, listen, go to the mountains and get humbled. We think we're so big and strong. Get out into the middle of the ocean and let a wave come. I am telling you, I have zero desire to go on a cruise. We were not made for the ocean. (laughs) And all God's people said. (laughs) Some of you love cruises. Fantastic. Good for you. (laughs) Um, The Lord's name is majestic on all the earth. His name is palatial above all palatialnesses. So where does one go to see the majesty of God? Well, look around. On Twitter, I follow a couple um, Twitter peeps who all they do is give like pictures around the world. I love those pictures. You know, it's in all the talk. It's like then every so often you just get a picture of the majesty of the mountains. Or just even the coastline in Greece. And it just kind of caused you to stop for a minute. And I just want to say this. How often in our busynesses, whether it's in our busyness of our activities or the busyness in our own little minds, do we just stop? Just stop for a little bit. And just turn things off. And look around. Look around. Look at the mountains. Just look at the oceans. We're not there. Uh, Indiana's not like majestic. <laughs> look at the tree. There is not one human being that can make a tree grow. Oh, yeah, I can. I replanted my pet. You didn't make it. Look at the trees. Just look at the animals. Are you kidding me? How cool are the animals? You know, I just even say, look at your hands. Look at your feet. Look into the mirror at your eyes. Look into the reality of our ability to be able to talk and to reason unlike anything on this earth. Let's, let's go deeper. Go into a microscope. And you go into a microscope and you see a cell that it can be so small. You, you go and you see DNA and I'm telling you, you see the majesty of God there. You go to the biggest big on the earth and you go to the smallest small on the earth. And you see God and his majesty in it. And we in just our pride and arrogance as human beings so often. It's just so ridiculous at times. It's like we can't even know what the weather's really going to be in the morning yet. We absolutely know for sure what happened 100 million years ago. Whatever your view is on that, I'm just saying it's true. Like, come on, man. And it's like, let's just look around and behold the reality of the majesty of his name. And we get so cool in ourselves that we can go and find that. Hey, we're not cool. It's the one who made the DNA is cool. And that's why I'm so jazzed about this text today. It's just for me this week.
Why be someone who wars our faith? Why be someone who lays our prayers before the Lord? Why be someone who doesn't fret and trust in the Lord? Because the majesty of his name covers the earth. And he is way bigger than you and I. And we struggle to get it, don't we? And our program is not showing tonight and we get flustered. Man, we're silly. But verse 1 isn't even over yet. It's really the basis for the whole rest of it. First, you see the majesty of God by looking around. And then here, verse 1, you see the glory of God by looking up. You, God, have set your glory above the heavens. Hey, David in his day had something that we don't, most of us don't really have here. Um, We can look out, we can see the stars. The other, I've been walking in the mornings and the other morning I was walking and just noticed the stars. But we don't have an unobstructed view from kind of man-made light and just humidity and all these kinds of things that we kind of have in our area. And David back in his day, just in the desert, out where he was, I mean, consider a little shepherd boy out with his sheep in the middle of a place where you have no lights of Indianapolis or none of that going on. And I'm telling you, that dude could probably behold the stars. And then as king... That day where you don't have the city lit up the way we have cities lit up and, you know, all the refracting light of all of that. And, and, and David could even get up on top of his, his palatial estate and look and behold the heavens. And, and whether it's a little boy or whether it's a, a king man over uh, the most mighty nation on the earth at the time, he is beholding and he is looking and he is seeing. And here he is writing and declaring, God has set his glory in the heavens. Oh, I just, I'm like wordless on how to describe this. So I'm just going to suggest there's someone who could say it better than me. And um, want for you to listen to this video clip. If you want to go home later and listen to it, it's called The Glory of God. Uh, John Piper, uh, listen to this for a couple minutes here. When was the last time that you and I have paused and just looked up, taking a look above. Love the way he talks about it. It's like the heavens shout, the glory of God. The sun and all its magnificence, it just burns out the glory of God. I have wondered for so much of my life, literally on this, why is it that God put us in this universe that is unending and so massive? Why would God do that? I mean, just put us in a shoebox size, manageable. Some of it's because because people get lost in the massiveness of the universe. And then all the questions coming out of it and, and, the, and the hundreds and the billions of galaxies and stars and just everything that is out there. And yet Psalm 8 has helped me this week to come to realize that God has put us in a God-sized box that is unending. 
Why is this universe so crazy massive big? Because that is our God. It is, he has put us in a place to display himself, to shout himself. And so when we see the, the I follow NASA on Twitter as well, and when you see these images, it's God shouting who he is to us. And not only does it help us to see the Lord, but it helps us to see ourselves. Because in this massive, this massive, beyond any kind of comprehension universe that we exist in, that that we cannot find the end of, we are so tiny. I mean, it's like, I just kind of blew my illustration because the walls, but if it was like the universe was in here, the earth is like an atom in here. And, but, 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 but here's the cool thing. God is so massive, and we can walk away from that reality and go, oh, we're so tall, so small, and so irrelevant, and so insignificant that follow the psalm. Because you cannot walk away from this psalm going, you and I are insignificant and irrelevant to God. The fact of the matter is, created in the image of God, We sit in a God-sized universe that shouts to us the glory of God every second of every day. And and let's just see it here, okay? So, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm too excited. Verse 2. So, to see this, verse 1 is set it up. Uh, His majesty is on the earth. His glory is in the heavens. Verse 2 kind of starts us out on looking around here on earth. Verse 2, it's kind of funky. Uh, Stay with me. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. What in the world is he saying? Um, There actually could be, again, this is song. Song has imagery. Psalm kind of uh, expands things to help us get the point here. I think there's potentially two points out of this. One is this, is that God's strength is shown through the tiniest, weakest thing. I mean, frankly, if you and I want to show strength, what do we do? We, like, get the biggest, honkinest, like, strongest, strengthest thing, right? And we put it all on. So what does God do? God grabs the most small, weak thing, and he shows himself through it. Why would that be? Because look at the text. It's not just talking about infants and babies. It's talking about the sounds and their words. with me. We have our grandson living in our house right now with his mom and dad. And uh, it doesn't matter where I'm at on a day or a morning. And you come out and Max goes, hi. That's exactly right, Ross. I'm telling you, like, dude, this is so cool. And you hear the noises and the sounds they make. And listen, hairy brutes of the world who are avenging and the foes of God. Listen, dear hairy brutes, that little baby noise declares the glory of God more than anything you ever try to push back against God. 
Hey, hairy brutes of the universe. You cannot create an infant or a child or even a word out of their mouth. God does every day, all the time. And if I can say it lovingly, in your face. God displays his glory. His majesty all around us. By the way, this also can have the idea that, that out of the mouths of babies, out of those babies who then grow up and are able to proclaim against the foes, I think of baby Moses floated down the river to save his life. And 80 years later, what does that little baby infant do? He takes down the greatest foe on the world as we know it. God works through him to bring them down. Oh, and by the way, it's November. What's after November? Oh, yeah, what happens in December? Oh, yeah, Christmas. That's right. Gray hair, white hair people forget that. It's Christmas. And baby Jesus? Like, you want to have the glory of God, the, the, the manifest presence of God, the, 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 the majesty of God declared? Yeah, look, look at baby Jesus. Oh, yeah, and then baby Jesus grew up to go to the cross and to be the one out of Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 3, who would be the one who would deal the lethal blow to Satan. God in the flesh. I'm telling you, friends, the psalm is just declaring this idea that the majesty of God is brought forth in the weaknesses on the earth. And then we look up, verse 3, 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers. By the way, how cool is that? When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers. It's not like your bicep. It's not like your whole arm. It's not like your whole body. I mean, listen, when God placed everything in the universe, it's not like he's got to go, ah, ooh, poof, and he's moving. No, it's just, mm, 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 uh, mm, yeah. Mm, galaxy, mm, yep, mm, mm, uh, yep. Just with his finger. That's the idea out of the song here. God's glory, God's holiness, and God's reality of who God is, he just with his fingers. So cool. And I look at the heaven and the work of your fingers moon and the stars which you have set in place. By the way, it didn't all happen just by random happenstance. God set them in place. And as he's thinking this, he then asks the question, as he's getting just blown away by the vastness and the glory of God who's placing the stars at the time uh, before things. And, And then it's, what is man that you are mindful of him? That's a great question. Like in this infinite universe, who are we? What is mankind that you are mindful of him, of her, and the son of man that you care for him? By the way, I'm going to note here, could spend some time just talking about some of the Christological things that coming out of this 
uh, referring to the Son of Man with Christ and even eschatology with future things. I'm just going to stay here with David because I think when David himself is writing this, I think David, even with the Son of Man, is referring to himself in this. It's kind of this idea of what is man that you are mindful of? And then you think David is kind of coming to himself. And and what is the Son of Man that you care for him? By the way, God is going to expand that out into the lineage of David and Christ and fulfill this. Friends, there is something really important about looking up and looking above. And when we do that, we are reminded of the glory of God. And we are reminded of the smallness of us. Who are we? are we? We think we're so tough and so awesome. But watch. Watch. Verse 5. Yet. Yet. That's an important word. What is man that you are mindful of him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. By the way, I missed something. I want to point out. What is man that you are mindful of him? Before you know this, in the vastness of everything, it's kind of the question, why would you give a nanosecond of your mind to us? In everything else that's going on, I would think if you were like over the universe, you got a lot going on. So why would you give mind to us here on this one little planet? But God does. And by the way, when he asks, why would you care for? It's not only that God gives mind to, God gives care to. Hey, I don't know where you're at right now today, but I want for you to know this. In this vast universe of us being here where we're at, God is mindful of you. He is thinking of you. He, is ha- he has your attention. Or he is looking to you and he cares for you. Sometimes it's like, does anybody care? And the one who made the vastness of it all, we essentially are told here with a rhetorical question, he cares for you. God is not sitting on some patio up in some planet far, far away, drooling out of the corner of his mouth, old and white-haired, and falling asleep. He is mindful of, and he cares for you. And the text goes even a little bit further here. Yet you have made him, mankind, a little lower than the heavenly beings. Uh, I think a good Hebrew translation there is, uh, made him a little lower than the divine. And crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen. All the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, uh, whatever passing along the paths of the sea. I think here what David is doing is David is even reflecting himself and he is king. He is king. He is like the most powerful nation on the planet. And David is even making reference of himself in here. He is not saying that he is God. He is not saying that he is divine. He's saying he's under that. And listen, friends, don't go and get all the things of, okay, here's animals, here's angels, and let's put it all in order and let's try and figure it out where we're at. No, listen, put the spreadsheet away point of this is helping us to understand that in the vastness of the universe of what God has created and the great big giant God that created that with his fingers and yet here we are in this little atom in this room all walking around on this little tiny little thing and we go what are we what are we it's like Whoville right it's like what are we what are we and then God says no you have my mind you have my care 
And David in this is just, listen, we are not insignificant. In fact, we have great value. Genesis chapter 1 is critical to all this. We have been created in the image of God. Listen, I love your cat. I love your dog. I love your pet, whatever. But I'm telling you, you are different than them in God's eyes. And that's what David is bringing up here. Christ will ultimately fulfill all of this. And yet even in all of this, this will happen because those who are redeemed in Christ, God's word tells that we will reign with Christ. We will rule with Christ. And yet we need to be reminded of this. I need to be reminded of this. We need to, right? Not for the whole idea of patting ourselves on the back and thinking maybe how awesome we are in it all. But friends, it just speaks who God is. He has made you and I. He cares for you and I. He is mindful to you and I. And this God-sized universe that he has put us in, in this tiny little thing, in this great big, just is a declaring shout of who he is. And when we see the, the, the glory of God in the heavens, and when we see the majesty of God in the earth, we bring it all the way back and we come, why should I live by faith in him? You have your answer. Because he is that. I just get caught wordless. So he finishes it. Finishes it the way he started it. Finishes it finishing with the reality of earth, which is where we presently live. And he finishes it, this psalm, in such a way that we can't get too cool about ourselves. Because you could have the potential of reading through this psalm and going, God is amazing, God is amazing. Whoa, God made us amazing, we're amazing, whoa, we're amazing. And then he brings it all the way back and he finishes, no, you and I are not amazing. Amazing. Verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, you are. This is the looking at. Lord, when I go through this process of looking around, And then I look up and behold the glory of who you are and I consider what I can see and then I bring it all back to earth here where we reside at this time in redemptive history and in the reality of all that, how do I walk away from this? I walk away from this thinking, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And by the way, a king was writing Loved ones, we see the Lord way too small. Don't we? So Russ and I think so. Anybody else? (laughs) We need to declare to ourselves who the Lord is more. That's what faith does. Faith realizes there are just times in my life where it's just like I'm struggling or I'm lost or I'm confused or 
I'm hopeless or I'm hurting or I'm even joyful and life is just delightful right now and all of that and we just have such a way about making our circumstances the thing that is the, the substance of our joy. And listen, friends, if we're going to make the things of our circumstances the substance of our joy, we, you and I are going to be all over the place. But when we have this idea of soul made of just beholding who God is, seeing who God is, and declaring and like reestablishing it, this is my God. And in this moment that this God has allowed to take place in my life, now I put my faith in Him because He is the one who is over it all. And I will continue to have my faith war ahead in this raging mad world because this is my God. And I will lay my requests before the Lord and myself before the Lord because this is my God. And I will work on not fretting because I need to see who God is bigger. And when I see who he is, what am I worried about? What am I going to eat for lunch? I'm sorry, that was too loud. But isn't it true? Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. Still the enemy of the event and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your crazy fingers, that's somewhere there in the Hebrew. <laughs> The moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man? What is man? That you are mindful of him. The son of man, that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than heavenly beings. And you have crowned him with glory and honor and given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, so Genesis 1, all sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the path. Oh, Lord, our Lord, O oh, Yahweh, Jehovah, Adonai, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so, Lord, I leave it there and I just ask out of this, this is not one of these kinds of texts, one of these kinds of sermons where we're to go home and do three things. Oh God, I just pray that out of this text we would increasingly just stop ourselves in everything that's going on, even in the concerns and the worries and the fret that we're not supposed to fret over. And God, we would be reminded of who you are. And the majesty of the mountains, and the majesty of the ocean, and the majesty of the trees, the majesty of the animals, and of our hands and our fingers and our eyes, the majesty of the cells that exist, the DNA with, oh God, they all proclaim the majesty of your name. God, when we look above, We are utterly blown away by the vastness, the un, 
unending vastness of the universe in which we live in. A universe that is perfectly God-sized. It fits you perfectly as an infinite God. And yet, who are we? And the cool answer to that is, is that we are more important than a planets and moons and comets. I mean, you just place those with your fingers that they would shout to us the glory of you. They are there that we would see you. We are not insignificant. We are not irrelevant. We are actually a pinnacle reality in the creation of everything throughout the entire universe of your hand. And you are mindful of us. And you care for us in this raging, mad, sin-cursed world. In fact, so much so that you, the second person of the Trinity, put your foot here on this earth. Mindful of us, caring for us, by going to the cross and dying for us. Why didn't you just wipe away this whole planet? Because you care for us. And your majesty has been laid here. And we need to declare that. Because we have the tendency to forget everything we've read and we've just talked about. And we need to declare who you are. And so we do that now, Lord. And Father, I pray if there's someone in this room who does not know what it means to have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ and declaring to come to Christ, oh God, I pray that they would ask someone So Yahweh Adonai, we declare your name and we do so in no small way because you are no small God. Faith declares. And I pray that we have rightly declared your name this morning together. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.